Welcome to Reading the Book of Mormon with Ryan. So this is our introductory episode, but I hate to break it to you, I've done a few episodes already. They just are out of order. Well, <laughs> lovely people, today we are going to be doing the title page of the Book of Mormon. We're going to be doing a brief uh, summary of the Book of Mormon and the introduction. And our guest today on this lovely introductory episode will be Jonathan. And you work in communications. You are a return missionary. You are semi-active. It's a semi. Um, and where do you place yourself on the LGBTQAI, SSA, mixed orientation marriage? I would consider myself a cisgender gay male. Oh, lovely. Lovely. That's just lovely. So Jonathan just asked a question prior to the recording that we're going to touch on just before we dive into reading this section is what is the purpose of this podcast? And I have tried explaining it and I've been explaining it for a month already, trying to get people to participate. And the biggest thing is this is a tool for LGBTQAI people, allies, SSA, people who, who consider themselves SSA and mixed orientation marriages, so in mixed orientation marriages, that they can find a positive place to find uh, religious and gospel doctrine type topics that can relate to them and come from someone in the LGBT community that it's not just a heteronormative point of view. And so the, we are kicking off this huge project with the reading of the Book of Mormon and we're going from cover to cover, folks. Cover to cover. Like I do with the September issue. And um, if you don't know what the September issue is, I feel bad for you. Or you're really young that Vogue doesn't really have a giant place in the fashion industry anymore. That is also true. So, let us kick it off and read from the title page. Jonathan, will you please? The Book of Mormon, Another Testament of Jesus Christ. The Book of Mormon, an account written by the Hand of Mormon upon plates taken from the plates of Nephi. Wherefore, it is an abridgment of the records of pe the people of Nephi, and also the Lamanites, writ written to the Lamanites, who are a remnant of the house of Israel, and also to Jew and Gentile, written by way of commandment, and also by the Spirit and prophecy and of revelation, written and sealed up and hid, un hid up unto the Lord, that they may not be destroyed, to come forth by the gift and the power of God unto the interpretation thereof, sealed by the hand of Moroni, and hid up unto the Lord to come forth in due time by way of the Gentile. The interpretation, therefore, the interpretation, therefore, by the gift of God. An abridgment taken from the book of Ether also, which is a record of the people of Jared who are scattered at the time the Lord confounded the language of the people where they were building a tower to get to heaven which is to show unto the remnant, I lost my place, of the house of Israel. Uh, oh, shoot, I lost it again. Uh, what great things the Lord hath done for their fathers and their, that they may know the convincing of the Lord, 
that they are not cast off forever. And also to the convincing of the Jews and the Gentiles, Jesus is the Christ, the eternal father manifesting himself unto all nations. And now if there are faults, they are the mistaken mode. Now if there are mis well, shoot. And now if there are faults, they are the mistakes of men. Wherefore, condemn not the things of God that ye may found spotless at the judgment seat of Christ. Translated by Joseph Smith, Jr. Introduction. The Book of Mormon is a volume of Holy Scripture comparable to the Bible. It is a record of God's dealings with the ancient inhabitants of the Americas and contains and does the Bible, as does the Bible, the fullness of the everlasting gospel. The book was written by many ancient prophets by the spirit of prophecy and revelation. Their words written on gold plates were quote, quoted and abridged by a prophet historian named Moroni. The record gives an account of two great civilizations. One came from Jerusalem in 600 BC and afterwards separated into two nations known as the Nephites and the Lamanites. The others came out much earlier with the Lord wait, when oh shoot. The other came much earlier when the Lord confounded the tongues of the Tower of Babel. The group is known as the Jaredites. After thousands of years, all were destroyed except the Lamanites, and they were the principal ancestors of the American Indians. The crowning event recorded in the Book of Mormon is the personal ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ among the Nephites soon after his resurrection. It puts forth the doctrine of the gospel, outlines the plan of salvation, and tells men what they must do to gain peace in this life and eternal salvation in the life to come. And Mormon compel completed his writing, he delivered the account to his son Moroni, who added a few a few words of his own and hid up the plates in the hill Camorra. On September 21st, 1823, the same Moroni then, then a glorified, resurrected being approached the prophet Joseph Smith, instructed him relative to the ancient record and its dis, uh, destined, trans, destined, thank you, translation into the English language. In due course, the plates were delivered to Joseph Smith, who translated them by the gift and power of God. The record is now published in many languages as a new and additional witness that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the living God, and that all who will come unto him and obey the laws of ordinances of his gospel may be saved. Concerning his record of Joseph, pro, the, uh, considering the record the prophet Joseph Smith said, I told the brethren that the Book of Mormon was the most correct of any book on earth and the keystone of our religion, and a man would get better to would near wait, and a man would get nearer to God by abiding by its pre precepts than any other book. In addition to Joseph Smith, the Lord provided for eleven others to see the gold plates for themselves and to be special witness to the truth and divinity of the Book of Mormon. These witness testimonies are included herewith as the testimony of three witnesses and the testimony of eight witnesses. We invite all men everywhere to read the Book of Mormon to ponder in their hearts the message it contains, and then ask God the Eternal Father in the name of Christ 
if the book is true, those who pursue this course and ask in faith will gain a testimony of its truth, divinity, by the power of the Holy Ghost. See Moroni 10, 3-5. Those who gain this divine witness from the Holy Spirit will also come to know by the same power that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world, that Joseph Smith is his revelator and prophet in these last days, and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is the Lord's kingdom, once again established on earth, preparatory to the second coming of the Messiah. All right. What jumped out to you? Um, so. So. Other than I stutter really bad, what, what, anything jump out to you? Um, I always thought it was really nice that it wasn't blatantly telling you, like, you have to believe this. It was like, we invite everyone to read this and make this decision for themselves. So what jumped out to me is like, I read this a couple times before we started and, and it jumped out to me again is, um, so I've done the other introductory parts of the Book of Mormon, the testimony of the three witnesses and the eight witnesses already, but I hadn't done this part. But when I was reading this through, I was like, all right, when Oliver Cowdery and everybody was reading the Book of Mormon, like reading it overnight and then running to see the prophet Joseph, this wasn't there. And like the, like, um, the book of Mormon, another Testament of Jesus Christ. And, um, I believe the book of Mormon, an account written by the hand of Mormon. I think that was in the original book of Mormon, but the introduction was an add on later. I'm not a church historian, and I don't believe I did. I should have, I should have looked it up, but I didn't. Um, and to me, it was really interesting thinking like, okay, I've already done chapter one of recording that episode as well, and how you would go from this straight into that and over jump over the introduction, Joseph Smith history, and uh, the testimony of the, the three and the eight witnesses. I was, I was thinking like. I wonder how that affects the reading of the Book of Mormon. You know? Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I also, the thing that jumps out to me is I never, ever caught this before. Another testament of Jesus Christ is a tagline. <laughs> the Book of Mormon is the name of the book. What we know now through communications and movies and things is you get a tagline like um, uh, Fast and Furious 7, Too Fast, Too Furious. Well, this is the Book of Mormon, another testament of Jesus Christ. Like, it's a tagline, right? Am yeah. I wrong? No, it's, it's totally just the... Yeah. I'm trying to think of an example, like a literary like, I can't think of a book that has, like, outside of a book that became a movie. You know, like, uh... Harry Potter, The Goblet of Fire. But that's the book, and then that's its title. That's like the Book of Mormon, Third Nephi. You know what I mean? Like, mm. I, I, I find it very kind of perplexing and interesting what, um... Like, what... 
like what 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 other social things do we have that have taglines outside of like movies and tv shows like did books have books sometimes do they're like a little uh subtitle usually printed towards the bottom of the page yeah i i mean like i loved it (sighs) but those are the things that in initial kind of like, I have some more things that we'll talk about later in the episode, but initially that's what kind of jumped out to me, and I don't want to bogart all of your time to be like, what jumped out at you? Um, you know, feel free to bogart the time, because I can't think of a ton of things to say right now. So. That's fine, that's fine. So, we're, okay, I'm recording again, starting five, four, three two one so this first so the introduction's a little bit of how do we like what jumps out and to me the biggest thing is still the tagline i've never noticed that before the also the thing that jumps out to me is the invitation at the end of the introduction but also um a scripture reference and then a uh the yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, I love it. Well, what, what all, actually is that passage? It's Mosiah, is it Mosiah or Moroni? I think, I think it's, it's Moroni. Moroni 10 3 through 5. Moroni 10 3 through 5, yeah. So, which I don't know how much of that is word for word in the back, but. The, the fact, the pattern of scripture is an invitation. Um, we invite, no, it's invitation. We invite all men everywhere to read the Book of Mormon, to ponder. So it's like a scripture-based uh, invitation. And I think about how often in like general conference and like here we are asked to ponder and pray about these things. And then here's a scripture quote. And it's like, oh, so... And I almost wonder, like, how much of that is, like, spiritual blackmail? And how much of that is, like, authentic, like, questioning? And it's, like, I also think about how much of that is trying to get all of us to think the same way versus, like, letting us think for ourselves and be, like, I don't agree with that. And, like, the church being, like, that's fine. That's fine. But you know what I mean? I also wonder when it was put in and yeah. under what prophet's instruction. Because I feel like that is a good indicator of what the intention was. Um, I like, I like all of these things. I also like that they keep talking about the plates and there's different types of plates. And I also like that they talk about the genealogy of the overall groups of people like in the book. So it's like, here's the Jaredites, the Nephites, the Lamanites. And on the island of Survivor, we're going to go ahead and spoil this. The Lamanites win. Good job, Lamanites. And then they say, like, if you want to know who their ancestors are, Native Americans. Which I wonder, like, how much of, like, it's a very interesting concept to me. You know what I mean? Like, People always want to say, like, you know this is fake, right? You know this is fake. And I always wonder, like, 
Joseph Smith either had to be like the best liar ever with the best luck he's ever had in his life or he was touched by God and this was real. And like people ask me because I'm a gay Mormon, it's like, well, what's your testimony? And I'm like, Book of Mormon, Jesus Christ, Joseph Smith. One of them's wrong. They're all wrong. So, I mean, what do you think? Um, I, th I think that people, especially as a gay Mormon, I, I, I like when people ask you, like, what's your testimony? I, I find that a lot of gay people in the church tend to go with a very, it's an either all in or scorched earth type of. Yeah. Thing. There's very little, like, I believe, but I also think that maybe certain things that are said in general conference, maybe they were said a certain way and like given to them as a certain revelation that wasn't interpreted in the way that it was meant to be interpreted. There is no room for like everyone thing is completely right or everything is completely wrong. There's no room for any type of like, not even error, just misinterpretation, I should say. Like, there's no room for leadership to be human. Like, they all have to be divine, perfect beings. And I just want to be like, let's look at Oaks, my least favorite apostle, who loves to attack the LGBTQAI community and tells you that reparative or conversion therapy, whatever the term you want to call it, um, thinks is the greatest thing ever. And I just want to be like, mm, boo. But... He's still a person, and I think Heavenly Father picked him for a reason. I just don't like him as a person. And that doesn't mean that he's not an apostle, but I just think he might be right about other things, but he's talking about things that are just... I'm not a fan of. Like, he can still be an apostle, but he's human as well. We have to remember that. He's not divine. He's not Christ. It's not the end. Yeah, he's going to be dead soon, and then we'll have someone, like, new. So, just like all of them, they will die at one point, and just like everybody else, they will be replaced. So, it's not that I'm being rude, I'm just stating a true fact. Am I wrong? No, you're right. Um, I think that that opinion won't fly too well in Utah, but, uh, you know. I think that it will fly just fine in Utah because I feel like, so the last time I went to Utah was for Affirmation Conference. This that's such a different environment. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. I, that's what I went for. But I went to two different wards while I was there. I went with my friend Marlene down in Draper and then I went with my friend Becky in Salt Lake. Very different places, both of them, both clearly in the state of Utah. And both of them were proud to announce to their friends about, here's my gay friend Mormon, here's my gay Mormon friend Ryan, and this is what, I, and they're, everyone's like, we've heard so much about you, we've heard this, we've heard that, we heard about your husband, we heard your this, we're in the army, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yes, 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 that's all me. And... They all, they're all, many people will also comment like, did you hear what this apostle said about the LGBT community? And I don't agree. So I think when I talk about apostles, then it's like, when I talk about the LGBT community, I'm not calling Oaks a dirtbag. I'm just tell, saying that I don't agree with him and I don't like what he says about the LGBT, LGBT community 
And also, I want people to remember he's not divine and he's not perfect. So that means that we need to be very critical about what we believe that um, apostles tell us because they can easily lead us astray. Does that make sense? Yeah. You, you get what I'm putting down there? Yeah, I, I understand. Um, and I guess it just really depends on what circles you're running with. I guess. I uh, find that Utah tends to have, between all, like the big Mormon corridor area, uh, Utah tends to have, not calling out any of your lovely listeners in Utah, but tends to have the more rigid, unforgiving types. I find Idaho, personally, but that's just me. We're going to take a quick break, and we love everybody in Utah and Idaho just as much as everybody else. Bye! Well, actually, we'll be right back. Just a quick... And we're back. So, welcome back to Reading the Book of Mormon with Ryan. And if you're just joining us today, we our special guest is Jonathan. Thank you for joining us, Jonathan, again. And we are reading the title page of the Book of Mormon, the introduction to the Book of Mormon, and the summary of the Book of Mormon. So, how do you feel this applies to you? Well, this is, I believe that this is a passage kind of that relates to all Mormons, because it's kind of an introduction into everything you're going to expect coming forward. Uh, and so, how does that relate to you on a personal level? Oh. Um. Uh, to put you on the spot about thinking about it. Only if you had an introduction to explain what you were thinking. <laughs> is this not unto your tender where there is a brief explanation of who you are and people have to decide if they want to read you or not? What? So, okay. So to me... I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, if I was you, how would this relate to me? And I think you're going through a lot of interviews right now. Am I wrong? Yeah, that's fair to say. So as you're interviewing, you have kind of this like elevator pitch self. And to me, I feel like that is very much um, your the second page, the the translation upon the plates of Nephi. That's your quick pitch about who you are. And then when your lobby pitch, where you have a little bit more time, that's your introduction. Like, hi, I'm Jonathan and I'm fantastic. But it also, I feel like it applies to who you are as a person when it comes to dating. Um, because like you have to either have like, Jonathan loves pets. Like, Jonathan, like, your Jonathan is your Book of Mormon, and your Other Testament of Jesus Christ is loves pets, or loves Gucci, or loves, loves, uh, bargain brands, or loves discount, uh, retailers. Oh, your face looks so happy about that last one! <laughs> no, no. You were very on brand with the Gucci. Let's let's ignore the others. I'm okay with pets. I'm okay with cats. I'm not a huge dog person. But does do, don't you feel like this is like a lot of how you have to approach the world with kind of that introductory mentality of like you have to introduce yourself all the time and hope somebody like will pick you up to read you? Yeah. Um 
so anytime that I read the Book of Mormon, the one thing that I guess always stands out to me is like the promise of the plan of salvation, which was mentioned. Yeah. In that, uh, that's something that ever since I was a little kid has always been. It's some. I love the faces you're making right now. I'm so glad that <laughs> podcasting is a visual medium. Um, it's it's a it's a complicated little concept for me because on one hand I really feel blessed I suppose that I get to know about this but at the second on the second hand I would also say that it's a little worrying to me necessarily because based on a lot of what I've been told throughout my life through different facets of the Mormon community uh, you know there are people who believe that simple simply by the fact of being gay that we will never reach the celestial kingdom, or at least the highest levels of the celestial kingdom. Because, well, I shouldn't say that we won't sire children, but sire Speak, children. I don't need to sire children to have children. <laughs> I can hire a surrogate, and that's what I'm planning on doing, or an adoption agency, or one of my siblings could die and give their children to somebody else, hopefully not me. But, I mean... There, I mean, there's ways for us to be parents and involved in the plan of salvation, and I totally overlooked that when, like, that plan of salvation, like, I totally overlooked that. Like, I looked at this as a whole and not as individual parts. Like, I was looking at, like, how does an introduction and how does this title page and how does this, um, name of what this is, how does that apply to who you and who I are. Um, like, how does that apply? And I like that you kind of took that different point of view, and that's the whole reason that I invited you on, because you have a very different point of view than me about things. And I'm a Virgo. I'm nitpicky. I like it. I'm very broad. I'm like, I like broad strokes. I like being lazy. I like looking things for the big picture. I like definitions. I... Monet drives me insane. Uh, let's not talk about Monet. Because, did you see what that lady was wearing on the street corner? Talk about full-on Monet. But anyway, if you can get that reference, I'm proud of you for shopping with Dr. Seuss again. Um, but... What, the plan of salvation is mentioned, and what does it say about the plan of salvation? And that's in the introduction, right? The I Book of Mormon. the promise of the plan uh, of salvation. Added to Moroni, glorified resurrection, being of the prophet, translated in English, son of Moroni added in due course, rocket. Ooh, where is it? Gospel outline plan. Oh, right there, right there, right there. I found it, found it. Okay, and the Nephite, soon after his resurrection, it puts forth doctrines of the gospel, outlines the plan of salvation, and tells men that they must uh, do to gain peace in this life and eternal salvation in the life to come. I like that. Like, I totally kind of glanced over that, and that's like a lot of what we talk about as members of the church. About, like, what we have to do to have peace. And then later we'll talk about the letter of the law versus the spirit of the law and how to discern what is what. And that is... Which do you subscribe to? 
spirit because spirit of the law to me subscribes to the idea of we giving our fellow beings justice that we can help provide justice for them and we can take on some of that burden versus letter of the law which doesn't give us the opportunity to show kindness and compassion to our fellow being which to me kindness and compassion are just different forms of love what do you subscribe to? Doesn't spirit isn't spirit of the law a little more strict than letter of the law? Meaning, like the letter of the law is uh, like hot drinks, don't drink hot drinks. Whereas the spirit of the law was that was meant to cut off caffeine and everything. So people who believe in the spirit of the law believe that we're not supposed to drink anything highly caffeinated, which would also include things like chocolate. Versus letter of the law, which is just. I took it as, like, if we're going to talk about that, we're talking about the word of wisdom, when it talks about hot drinks, I always thought it meant addictive things. I don't think that it defined caffeine um, until later. And then, you're right, we should be eating chocolate. But I feel like because that's letter of the law where it's talking about health and, like, for the betterment of our health, but... I think spirit of the law gives us the choice of like, like, is this what's best for us or is this not what's best for us? And it kind of gives like, here's the outline of an idea. Do you want to subscribe to this or not subscribe to this based on what you've received as the spirit? But I don't know. We'll talk about that on another podcast because I feel like that's getting real deep. Wow. You're building out some questions that I was like... I was like, we were talking on the break about, like, what questions you, we're going to have in this next section. And I was like, I got a few. But um, I feel like this is, like, yeah, those, those are both really good points. What else are things that, I like that you're taking control of this. Um, what do you mean, what else are things that? I mean, like, what are other things that jumped out to you, like, here we had the plan of salvation, what we must do to be happy, and what did I just... I am the worst. I apologize. Crowning event, Book of Mormon, personal Nephite soon has his resurrection, must do to gain peace in this life, eternal, eternal salvation in the life to come. Now, do you think... Um, after Mormon compiled his writings. Like, is there anything else that jumped out to you? Not particularly. I mean, like, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, like, this is how the Book of Mormon came into being, and then this is what it does. It, it kind of, like, the introduction's kind of like, this is what it, this is how it was made. This is where it was found. This is what it outlines. Um... This is how it got translated. This is what the guy who translated it said about it. This is how you can find out if it's true. Go ahead and read it. You know, like, that's basically what this page says in, like, the most boiled down version. But I did want to come back to something is the quote by Joseph Smith, and I meant to ask you about this earlier, I told brethren that the Book of Mormon was the most correct of any book on earth and that the keystone of our religion and a man would be get greater nearer to God by abiding by its precepts than any other book. 
do you think he meant more than the Bible, or do you think this was like in like a, a clear very, in conjunction with the Bible? I think that's a very Mormon thing, don't you? To like, I hear people people talk about reading the Book of Mormon all the time. I very rarely hear people in church talk about reading the Bible. Yeah, I feel like we're way more involved in this last chapter, this last part, than the first. Which, in a way, makes sense, because much like the New Testament is to, say, like a Catholic person, uh, it doesn't erase the Old Testament necessarily, but a lot of what it says is, like, you don't have to worry about the Old Testament anymore. It, like, the Old Testament, and with the Book of Mormon, part of the New Testament almost becomes, like, this happened so that this next part could happen, and this next part is what you should focus on. This is what is relevant to you right now. Versus what was relevant to them. So you're saying the Old Testament is Jews, New Testament's Catholics and Christians, and Book of Mormon is for Mormons. And that's basically... I think it, there is definitely stuff to be drawn from the Old Testament and New Testament. I just feel like as Mormons we're so focused on the Book of Mormon because that is what is what we consider to be the current law versus historic law. That's mind-blowing like it's something i never thought about but i mean like you're right like when you go to church on sundays we always talk about uh reading the book of mormon in my ward last year was the book of mormon challenge where if you read the book of mormon you'd get this print of our that an artist did of our church of our ward building that when I didn't turn my Book of Mormon in after I found out what the prize was, and he and my bishop was like, "Well, why didn't you want the Book of Mormon?" I'm like, "I saw the print. I don't like it. I know the artists work. They do better work than what you got. Mm, I'm good." We go to the same word building, don't we? Correct. It's not that beautiful of a building that I'm like, I want a painting of this in my house. We live in New York City. And the buildings here are just small skyscrapers. And trying. If you're lucky. If you're lucky. If you go to the Union Square Ward, it's basically an old school building that they rented out like two floors in. I thought they had the whole building. No. Oh, no. Inwood's kind of a cool building. Harlem's all right. Uh, let's see. Lincoln Center is a pretty building. The East Side building is my favorite building. I was kind of shocked they didn't put the... When I, like, living here, and I'm thinking about where you would put a temple, why didn't they put the temple on the East Side? I mean, it's right in front of Lincoln Center. Like, I've watched movies now, and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's the temple. It's probably the most... Uh, it's probably in more movies and TV shows than any other temple. Um, it's also probably one of the easiest... Out of all of the buildings, though, it would be the easiest to get to for anyone. True. I guess, I mean, like, you do have the one train that goes right to it. But, I mean, so our bishop asked everybody to read the Book of Mormon, but I don't ever remember anyone ever saying, hey, we need to read the Doctrine and Covenants in a year. We need to read the New Testament in a year. We need to use the Old, Te uh, Old Testament in a year. Outside of seminary or on your mission. 
Like, I don't remember that. Or maybe you take or you BYU, BYU, Idaho, or Mormon Business College? Or BYU Hawaii, where isn't there a, a college in like Carolina or something that's a Mormon college that's like not owned by the church? Wow. <laughs> it's like not owned by the church? I don't know. I've heard things about it, but I've never met anyone that went there. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder what that's like. I yes. wonder if they have the same like super strict like honor code policies. I don't know. I Does I, Hawaii still have the honor code? I would imagine so. I think they have a version of it because every like a lot of people work at the Polynesian Cultural Center and you have to like there's a part of Polynesian culture about wearing like types of bikinis or something but it's not full and then there's the people that dance with i don't know and polynesia's culture has a lot of like things with tribal tattoos and stuff don't they yeah and those are supposed to be symbolic similarly to if you look at how they're made about like they're supposed to be almost where your garments would cover you it's really fascinating listening to so i had a a at a uh, a mission companion. His name was Nephi. Oh, don't roll your eyes at me. Those are some whole, oh, those like rolled out of your head almost. But his some parents just don't care about their children at all. Oh my gosh, the name Nephi and Moroni. When I hear it on playgrounds in Utah, it makes me giggle so hard. Cause all I can hope is that kid ends up getting a tattoo. The only like the, the name that affects me the most is Hiram. Uh, we had, oh, oh, we had a Hiram in our ward. He was the most emo toddler in the world. He sat in a bucket. So one time I had to go help in nursery. He sat in a bucket. Some other kid ran by and it pushed him over. He just continued to sit in the bucket, lying on the floor and was like, I'm sad. I want my mom and dad. Like, it wasn't trying to rhyme, like, but it was a lot slower and a lot sadder. I feel like Eeyore would have been like, dude, get it together. You have things to be happy about. Is that the New York ward? Or? Yeah, in my New York ward. Are you in primary? Oh, no, 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 no. I don't have a calling. My bishop hates me. Oh. Yeah. It's a pretty open fact in our I ward. I just got a new bishop. Oh, who's your bishop? Uh, his name is Bishop Carter. Oh. Wait, what ward are you in? Are you going to the singles oh, ward? Oh, okay, okay, okay. I always, I like, whenever I go, I usually stay behind and I like, wait for you. Because I'm like always curious to see if I'm going to watch you walk in. Because I think you meet right after us, right? Because we're in Sacrament from 9 to 10. Are you in the Harlem building or the Inwood building? I'm in the Lincoln Center. Oh, I don't go to that one. I go to the Harlem building. Why wouldn't you be in the... You Girl, because I've been in the, I've been living up in Harlem, and then I moved down here two years ago, and I love my ward because I've done enough work with the people in that ward, where, um, like working together, that it's a very like LGBT friendly and safe ward. Where if I bring and I have brought people who are LGBT to our ward before, that. Um, when they come to church, it's, they're like, it's very different. And they're always like, how can you go to church, be this open, this gay? And I'm always like, thank you. And That's be very New York, though. All of the, I feel like all of the Manhattan wards are super open. No, because what I have found is that 
there's these pockets of people who are not accepting. But I've been in this ward long enough that I truly, deeply love these people. Not my bishop, but the rest of the ward I truly, deeply love. Um, our primary Halloween party is this weekend. And my husband, because of some things that have happened in our ward, he doesn't want to go because he doesn't like our bishop so much. And my and that's right, my husband will be going to the ward Halloween party. We don't have kids yet, but we go and we participate participate like any other married couple would. Like, why wouldn't we participate? Why wouldn't we act like normal mixed religious household at a church activity? You know what I mean? Like that's my mentality of like here and that's that's my goal i'm i'm my kind of normal well on that note we're gonna take a quick break and we will be right back okay why is my all right and we're back so we just had pizza but if you are just joining us and you did not just have pizza with us and you're not nicole buyer who loves pizza so you know what's happening this is reading the book of mormon with ryan i am ryan our guest host today is jonathan we've read the introduction the brief summary and the title page to the book of mormon and now we're talking about how it relates to us and i looked up the tagline to one of my favorite movies and it says up the tagline to one of my favorite movies and it says three drag queens uh driving cross country until their car broke towns and a small town love comedy and social change ensue you know what movie that is repeat that Oh, I couldn't repeat that if you paid me to. Something about three drag queens driving across America. To Wong Fu. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. Um, one of the best things. And to me, the... Do you think that is... So, I, I've had this argument before. Some people think it's a completely independent thought, but to me it's very clearly sort of based around Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. They came out nearly... I think they came out around the same time. One was an Australian film, one's an American film, where they both... It's the exact same concept. Almost. Kind of. Kind of. But, relating this to the LGBT community, I think that the name of the movie is The Book of Mormon, and the tagline, three drag queens driving across America, and their car breaks down in a small town where love, comedy, and social change ensue, is... This is another testament of Jesus Christ. And I think that a lot of gays use their dating profiles as that kind of introduction. Like um, on Grindr, it's like mass top or or like if they're using like, what is that one that you use that we were just talking about? Ten Tinder. 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 Yes. About how it's like you put your name jonathan 35 or something like that where it's like i am not 35 girl i'm just saying that as an example anyway um where it's like hey this is me and this is my age and then you also know like uh and then here's a brief sound and then you turn the page and instead of it 
the being the brief summary, it's like, hi, my name's Jonathan. I'm this, that, and the other. I do this. This is my, this is my origin. And then you're like, okay, I'm going to scroll a little more. And then it's like, here is where I, I, I was born here. I was raised here. I went to school here. If you. So like this would be, so like the Upper West be, Side can host 25. Okay. So like Upper West Side would be like. His, That's your title page. And then like this just moved to solo apartment from the Midwest would be and then there's there's more but i'm not gonna yeah go that's that. is that on grinder or scruff um this is on grinder no, that's fine not that i use grinder there's no shame we don't I mean, there's no judgment here like who cares if they don't like that you are if my bishop is listening to this i don't use grinder i'm sure your bishops are not listening to this i am my bishop's pretty cool yeah too. but let's talk about this i am nuts and I do not fit the model of like what a good example should be. But and then again, I don't have any good examples or know any people that are LGBT like allies that are active members of the church who are in a married relationship. So it's like, how do I find a good example of that? In a married relationship? Specifically? Like how many gay, married gays that you know are active members of the church? And who else? I mean, I've heard of people. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, all yeah. Mixed orientation. I don't know anyone who is married to another man that is active. In I know of four. The old uh, guy who was uh, the older. Um, not, he's not an old guy. He's the former president. Tom Christopherson. Huh? Tom Christopherson. He's not married, and he preaches celibacy. But he was married, wasn't he? No, he was in a partnership different and then who are legally married and then john oh that's his name john john ooh, i couldn't pronounce his last name if you paid me he was the whole president of affirmation he's married to his husband and he's active but he was excommunicated or he resigned from the church and then there's a lesbian couple in moab and there's a lesbian couple in Boise that I know of. I don't know their names. I've only met them briefly in passing at the affirmation conference, but they are active and going to church and married. Do you feel like the lesbians are somehow viewed differently than the gay married men? Oh no, we're all homosexuals and the church doesn't like us. But uh, I feel like lesbians are in the church or in general but also in the church i don't know i would need to talk to them more to say but i think all of them have been excommunicated as well so i but i can't say that for sure that is all hearsay and i am preaching gossip is what i'm saying but i feel like this part of the book of mormon is very akin to a lot of gays and like how we meet each other so my husband likes to make fun of me because he says within the first five meetings of me, you're going to know my shoe size. And by in seven minutes, you're going to know his shoe size. So because I will tell you everything about me and then I'm going to tell you everything about him. So he's like, I don't even introduce myself because you're going to do it for me. And I feel like the introduction is something that so many of us have to do is tell people who we are. And I think for... A lot of us, it's, it's scary. And especially as gay people. 
things because I feel like we're such a a niche group of people, especially those who are still active in the church, that it's important for us to be out there and willing to tell our story. I understand that there are people who aren't ready for that, and I would never pressure someone into something. Oh, never, 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 never. If you're if you're not comfortable talking here, that's fine. But if you want to contact 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 us and talk here, we are more than welcome. But there's so few representations of us out there, especially I, it, like I said earlier. There's a lot of gay Mormons who have left the church and have a very scorched earth idea of how the church should be handled right now. Um, and there's not really a lot of positive or even neutral representation. And that's what we kind of want here. Like, is neutral is that? Or the positive representation often is like 100% celibacy and. I've met a lot of these people who say this, and I don't think that they are. I've heard lots of stories that they're not being honest with themselves. Well, I mean... Maybe edit that part out. No, I'm not going to, because it's honest, and it's true. Because I, when I lived in Utah, I knew of someone who was being kind of toted around as like, this person's 100% celibate. And let's be honest... I knew them biblically as they were going around telling people that they were, um, oh, I've never done anything with a man. I've never even held his hands. And I would then be like, well, sir, you and I have very different stories of what happened a couple weekends ago. And I didn't realize who you were at the time or I would not have let that happen. But... Now that I do know, now I know you're full of, mm-hmm, but... I, How did that make you feel afterwards? Me? After, oh. after your encounter, your... As a... I, I know how you are now, but as a young man, in growing up in Utah... Oh, I didn't grow up in Utah, let's clarify. Not, not growing up in Utah, but you I went to school. formula to I went to school out west in, in Utah and Idaho. I went to college, and that's it. So... While I was in college, this happened in Utah, up in Logan, and someone was going around portraying around the state of Utah that celibacy is A-okay and the right way to go, and they were in Utah, and I was on an app that you mentioned earlier. They were on the same app. Things happened, and later on, I realized who he was when I went to Salt Lake, and a friend of mine was going to like a fireside or a conference and there he was and I'm like oh and I could I caught his eye and I realized who he was and he was just like shrugged his shoulders was like whoop did you but did you ever feel like shame or embarrassment no I don't feel sex I did when I first started having sex and the first few times but afterwards no but that's not really what this podcast is. It's about sex. So we're going to... Okay. Wow. I like how you slid that... Like the conversation slid. Just... Just so. Well, that is a very important... Not if, Well, yeah. It is an important part about being gay. Is but, this whole sexual aspect of it. Because that's what's making us so different. But also like in the introduction of like... Unless you're on one of like Grindr or Scruff or some kind of like sex app that are very parent in the gay community you don't really kind of like when dating and dating someone like when I met my husband I mean him started dating um so I'd gone through a really bad period and 
I was like, why won't anyone date me? And this lady at work was like, honey, you're, you're looking, but you're not looking. You're looking for one thing and say you're looking for something else. So if you're looking for what you say you're looking for, you need to delete these apps and only use these apps. And I was like, okay. And then she said, you need to think of dating as free samples is try everything, give everything a first date chance. And if a first date does not go well, keep going. And I went probably on 30 first dates before I met my husband. Um, and I went on dates with all types and ages of people just because people would ask. And I was like, yes, yes, yes. And every time I had to introduce myself, spill my story. And what I got to is the people that I got more interested in getting to know more about were the people that I talked less about what I cared about in the bedroom and I talked to them more about the things I cared outside in the world. Like, what are my personal interests? And I feel like to akin to what we're talking about, to bring it full circle, is I feel like the gay community has a lot of things. Like, the heterosexual community is the introduction is what draws us into things. And this is an, the, the hook at the end of this introduction with the promise and to know for yourself is very clever and I think that um, I think God watches over us and I think God will help us with our introductions I mean like I felt like the more I changed my introduction to actually fit what I was looking for when I was dating it landed me my my Jewish husband how do you feel like introductions have helped you you had a tell, tell me about how you think introductions helped you last week What are you referring to? Your interview. Oh, <laughs> the way you phrased it, I was like, I didn't go on a date last week. No, but you had interviews. Oh, uh, so I wouldn't really say it was an introduction because I had met the person before, but it was more of an introduction to me as a business partner versus a business associate, I suppose. Um, it went pretty well. I mean, I think I'm pretty good at selling myself on a business standpoint but you not have so to, much on a personal standpoint but you have to go through kind of like that pedigree of why you're good on a business standpoint and i think that's very similar that a lot of what this the introduction is telling us is here's the pedigree of why and you can trust us because of the why i mean that's how i feel I kind of view like interviews a little differently, I suppose. It's kind of like a like an extended elevator pitch, but also for me, it's it was an internal move. So I was very familiar with this person, and they're very familiar with me. And we have like she has access to my complete business like history with the company. Hmm. That's really interesting. But the thing is, though, is like she still has to find out at the end. Like, does she want to? Like, like. She has to do, kind of like do the Moroni's promise about does she want to hire you? I hope she does. But I mean, I'm really good at interviews. I think. Well, I'm really good at like faking like I'm a nice person. 
you're saying, uh, that's called Welcome to Being Human. We're taught that in primary, how to fake being nice to people. Some of us actually are nice to people, and the other ones are deeming to appease the look of being happy. I fall somewhere in the middle. I think I pretend to enjoy people more than I actually enjoy them more of the time, I feel like, to be honest. But I'm trying. Ugh. Uh, so, I, every time I have to invite someone to be on this podcast, I have to reintroduce myself. I have to reintroduce what we're doing. And then I have to reintroduce uh, wh why I'm doing this. So, I'm getting really good at like the elevator pitch, which this is kind of the elevator pitch of the Book of Mormon, which is the introduction. And... I really feel like in all aspects of life, like you have to have some kind of introduction to something. And the more you get acquainted with the introduction and the more comfortable you become with an introduction, you just get more acquainted with it. That makes sense. So um, we're coming to a close. Any last thoughts, Jonathan? Um, so, Mr. Jonathan, anything special for our listeners that you would like to close with? I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. But, um, so if you are first time listener, thank you for joining us. And if you are looking to participate in the podcast, feel free to email us at pioneerproject82 at gmail.com. We will release an, e an episode every Monday and every Monday until we have gone through the entire Book of Mormon. And we are very excited to start this project and we hope that you want to participate. And do you know who the next episode is with? I have no clue. It's, it's the three witnesses. It's Rance. Oh. Oh, it's a really good episode. Just so you're aware, the next episode will be a little shorter because my dumb self accidentally deleted the last 20 minutes so it'll be a 40 minute episode plus or minus five minutes so i apologize but again thanks for joining me on reading the book of mormon with ryan and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast as well as leave comments down below thanks again